0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Snow Fire and Football Podcast. My name is Cameron Deacon, and on this podcast we talk all things Nordic football, as you could probably tell by my Twitter account at Nordic Footy. Today we have a very special guest joining me. He is part of one of the most dominant teams in all of the Nordic countries. Nay, one of the most dominant teams in all of Europe. A team who currently may end up the season as the only team in Europe. I'm not checking the world, but maybe end the season completely undefeated. Of course, that team is Ki Klagsevic, and I still don't know how to pronounce the team names right as I'm learning slowly as I speak to people. But he works for two teams within the club. He works for the, he's the manager of the second team and the under seventeen side. The sides that will progress the players through to that first team, who are doing so incredibly well, and will be representing the Faroe Islands in. Europe in the future and traveling the world, and we'll take the limelight when it comes to club football in the Faroe Islands. Jens Vedeborg is the guest today. He is he is that man, and he is an absolutely very he's incredibly knowledgeable knowledgeable man. Excuse my not being able to talk. Going from Lithuania to Sweden to the Faroe Islands, he's picked up a lot of uh, interesting knowledge about how to. Uh, interact between a coach and a player, and not only that, but the different cultures that come from uh, traveling around the world. Being originally from Sweden himself, the um, uh, taking on the role of coaching is something that everybody wants to do when you, you know, you decide that the playing career isn't for yourself. So that is what Yennens has done. He and as he says, quite you know, often throughout the podcast, it's you have to go where the jobs are. And sometimes that takes you to the weird, wacky, wonderful places that are the Faroe Islands. And learning and listening to the difference between going to a, from a country, like he says, uh, 10 million people in Sweden to a country of 50, 60,000 people in the Faroe Islands, you begin to understand how footballing cultures build what, what is an entity of a, a community. And speaking to ends is fascinating because what you learn is how he has changed as a coach to fit what is happening in the Faroe Islands, but also how the Faroe Islands accepts his outside ideas and how they encourage it and how they want to learn and how they want to grow. Such an isolated place with such a massive love for sport and football, they just want outside ideas to help them grow. And that's what I aim to learn and what I wanted to find out about from the ends. And he was a fantastic speaker and wonderful to speak to. And so I hope you really do enjoy listening to this podcast today. Uh, thank you very much. And I will be back again next week, hopefully with someone else. Uh, for now, enjoy me and Jens Weddeborg. Hi there.
1: How are you doing, Jens? I'm fine, thanks, Cameron. Being at the pitch this morning.
2: Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, working with... The- technical part individual training with the Academy and then I go to the
0: gym by myself mm. and then a quick shower and then I'm I'm here so uh, I was one of the things that I, I always thought was like because you, you seem to be a uh, pretty non-stop when it comes to uh, working amongst the football don't you it's like you said that you've got the sessions in the morning and the sessions in the afternoon and you're working yeah, amongst yeah. multiple teams it's yeah uh, this this uh, how you can call
1: it code work is not like seven to five or eight to four with every week and off it's it's very up and down so you can work 65 hours one week and then the next week you maybe have a more normal week and and you can have like busy saturday sunday and then monday off so you mm. have to be quite uh, use and Learn that. I think that's if, if if you want to survive many years as a coach, you 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 need to learn and, and take care, and develop that thing that you can work hard for many hours and then, yeah, like that.
0: I suppose if if, if we're jumping straight into it, like you mentioned, the, the uh, when I was having a look at, little look into yourself, uh, one of the things I noticed is you, you actually started your coaching in Lithuania. Is that right? And. Uh, yeah, my
1: my, if you can say, I was uh, in the same professional area in Sweden a couple of years. I, I mm. started in two thousand eight in in the like low region leagues in Sweden as a, a first team coach when I was about 20, 29 years old. But in two thousand fifteen, it was my when I go
0: out leave Sweden for full professional uh, football, yeah. And that was when you went to Lithuania, yeah. Sorry. That was when you went to Lithuania.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: It is. So, what sort of happens to get someone like yourself to, you know, get dragged from Sweden to a place like Lithuania as a coach? Uh, I think it's
1: it's about who you are as a human, of course. Uh, I always, I always, as many other people want to be a football player, of course, professional football player. But then I, I, I uh, when I was 16, 17 years old, I I was not good enough. I don't took the step from the junior to, to the senior football. And then I um, had to give me a heads up that now, okay, I'll give it some years because then I will try to give my best to being a coach. Hmm. And uh, then I worked in Sweden. And then uh, suddenly... Uh, Contacts is everything, I have an option
0: to go and I I, I went. Yeah. What, what was that like then for you to sort of pick up what you 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 had been building as a, you know, starting out as a coach in the sort of lower divisions to then take up a more professional role in a completely different country? Was that hard to do originally? Yeah,
1: of course. Uh, you have two things. I uh, As a football team, uh, it's a group of people should work together and that's that's like in the same i think in the whole world the group Mm -hmm. development phase uh, that's but then you have the culture on top of it and uh, the way to speak to each other how do you the respectfulness from the coaches and stuff like that so the group development and the the, like the training load and stuff like that get the team together is i think it's same everywhere in the world Uh, but then you you need to come and and be very uh, watch the culture, learn from the culture, and then try to do your own thing and also mix it with the special country. Or yeah, so that's I think is 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 the difficult part.
0: And, and I suppose one of the uh, the weird cultures about um, sort of sports management and in being a sports player is that you you end up doing these sort of weird things. I've spoken to a lot of people where, you know, they they jump from one country to another and to sort of chase their dream in that sense. And it's, do you see that sort of uh, transfer from one place to another as part of the role that you have? You have to sort of accept that one day you will be in a place like Lithuania, then in a few years later, you'll be in the Faroe Islands. You know, it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You need to go where where the job is. Uh, Hmm. So... uh...
1: It it fits me to be to be in different environments, and I think it fits me as a person uh, to get new social contact. And, and I've always been pleasured to to have easy with that kind of things to cope with new people, uh, listen and see what's happening here. How can I do here? How can I and stuff like that. So. It fits me and uh, I think more and more and in the football industry will uh, the players and coaches we, we, need, we need to be ready if we want to work full time and uh, with interesting
0: teams and clubs, we we need to be ready for that. So when you went eventually back to Sweden and uh, after you'd done your first bit of coaching in Lithuania mm-hmm. you went. I'm, I'm right in saying you went back to Sweden after that um, yeah. and continued on there. It's. Did you bring any of because you mentioned the culture there have to adapt to a culture of people mm-hmm. do you sort of you come back to your own culture almost in sweden but do you bring anything that you'd learn from lithuania back with you or do you try and take what you learned in sweden to lithuania originally it's a hard question i think of course when i come back to sweden
1: coaching again it was took some took some months uh before i I went back to like the more of the Swedish culture. Uh, mm. it's, it's it's more uh, man management in Scandinavia. I think that's a in Lithuania it was uh, quite hard. Uh, you should do your work, no bullshit, and just go out and work like like that in Sweden or Scandinavia. More yes, you know you are the coach, but you are not the coach 24/7. You can speak to the players, hey, having a cup of coffee and stuff like that. Of course. You can do that in Lithuanian every, uh, I think. But that 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 was uh, uh, quite hard for me when I come back to Sweden to not have that gap between my players and me. But it's also me me as a coach. Uh, always, if you talk about leadership, I'm I'm very. I want to build relationships with the, with the players. I I think to start with that and then start to learn them uh, my game of uh, tactical
0: that's my leadership how I want to work as a coach and uh, yeah that, that's really interesting actually thinking that you've gone from one place where they're more it seems like Lithuania I'm right in saying they're more football orientated you know it's more about the training itself but then you've come back to Sweden and found that actually people prefer you know being you know, having a bit of a connection with the coach so which one did you prefer at the time? Did you prefer the, the more fo- straightforward football or did you quite like the getting to know people and knowing them off the pitch rather than just as a footballer?
1: Re- regarding to my leadership structure, is about uh, I, can, I want to build relationship with the players for, first and then uh, trust between coach and the players is very important for me when I'm uh, coaching a team uh, I think that's crucial for a, for a successful team. Mm. Uh, so I prefer that side. Uh, then you always need to be be very, you need to take care of that responsibility because if you give the place your finger, someone can take your full hand. Yeah. So so you need to also push them, uh, of course. So you need to have that balance in, in your leadership that uh, because you I don't believe that you can be hard everywhere and demanding. You can be demanding but then you need to uh, develop and go back and be a little more like using your half and then go back to be demanding, push, and push them. So you need always to be in two different soft and hard. Soft mm-hmm. and hard. And you need to balance that um, who is the player, what kind of see uh, where where is the team now do you have like five wins in a row or five
0: loses it's complex but interesting do some players find it hard to build that relationship with a coach do you sometimes find that they're? I imagine especially sort of younger players might see it as he's here to teach me how to play football and play football better and that's it and they can they find it hard once they get off the football pitch to sort of have a normal conversation, or are players mostly open to having that connection? In my experience,
1: I would say that uh, young players uh, can't feel when you should talk friendly or when you work,
2: for example. Mm-hmm.
1: Experienced players with many years in the, in prof- professional day, they are used to, now we're working now we can talk about uh, the life outside football so my experience is that young players have uh, quite a struggle with that because they have not experienced so much football I
0: think mm. yeah, that's quite, yeah yeah and it's quite a good segue actually into what you do in the Faroe Islands now because obviously you at some point and we'll get to it in a second you, you moved over to the Faroe Islands to begin your, sort of your coaching role with KI and Klaxvik and it's you are doing, as I mentioned before, sort of multiple roles. You're working with the under-17s and with the KI second team. Yeah. So how has how that come about, and how do you manage to balance that? Uh, yeah, when
1: I arrived here, I was uh, 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 just working in the academy teams, uh, hmm. the brand-new academy, uh, under-15 and under-17 was my uh, responsibility. Uh then this summer we change coach for the second team, and uh, they asked me if I want to uh, take over it, and I said yes to that. So exactly. So today I'm under 17 and and uh, and and the first uh, se- second team. Uh, and I think it's good because under 17 we don't have under 19 here in Fair Island or under 20. We have mm-hmm. under 17, and then uh, we have like under 21, and mm-hmm. then we have like. Six, so in in our club Koi Koi Klux Week we're under 17 and and, uh, the second team is like a good bridge so I can move players from each day Mm. uh, so so I can move players in both teams and also in the training the daily training, training environment so that's and then when they're good enough they can go up to the first team and train or have a contract so I think that's
0: that's a good bridge so I guess going back just before, as when you first arrived into the, the Faroe Islands, it's what what brought you over there, and like you said before, you, you go to where the job is. Um, but what makes you make that step to a quite you know remote island? Were you aware of the football there before you went, or was it very much a, a shot in the dark in this new league? You know,
1: yeah, of course, it's always different reasons. Uh, number one is. I have uh, a wife and a son in Sweden and uh, like a normal, try to have a normal life there also. Uh, so that's always the first question. Uh, talk, talk to my family, is this okay? Because uh, you, you don't see them maybe out of five weeks, six weeks. So that's the first question when you go out and then if they say yes, okay, then the other thing starts. Uh, but for me, was it? Uh, I was back in Sweden and uh, had different coaching jobs uh, there. Uh, spent time with my family, of course. It was the uh, the number one. When I come back from Lithuania, I want to spend some years and time with my family. And then I also, <laughs> I don't mention that, but I took my UEFA Pro license uh, in Lithuania also. So I traveled back. And forth from Sweden during two years, uh, took my UFA Pro license in English and a little bit Russian
2: <laughs> language. Uh,
1: uh, but uh, yeah, then I I search I search for for work.
2: Uh,
1: I had some options in Sweden, some options in Lithuania, Baltic states, of course. I've uh, been there quite many years now. And uh, then uh, Islands show up. And uh, I have been here before, uh, 2015. We we play uh, with my Lithuanian team, FC Ritri uh, with Hobby Tosab in the Euroleague in the first round. So I've been visiting the island for four or five days uh, when we were and played. So I had like a little bit of what is Faroe Islands, of course. So, mm. But then. Um, uh, yeah, I have option to go uh, to a brand new academy uh, uh, and start up a brand new academy with leadership. How we should, uh, yeah, do everything. And w- with another Swedish colleague, Glenn Stoll, uh, also a coach, had been here for two or three years before, and now he is academy director. So we talk and discuss, and uh, how, and then yeah, it ended up that I uh, that I come here to the Faroe Islands work and how long have you been there now since February I
0: think it's about eight months maybe seven and a half have you Have you adapted well put then has it been a, an easy process learning the football over there or is it vastly different to what's in Sweden and Lithuania uh, yeah of course uh, for example in Sweden we have
1: 10 million inhabitants uh, good structure of uh, men's football, women's football. I think they're top three in the world now, women's football and Mm. stuff like that. So of course, uh, it was a little bit different from, but at the same time, I know that uh, we need to start a new academy, uh, start from the bottom and they want us to, don't show them a Faris way. They want brand new, so we have like free hands. So therefore, I don't feel that was so much because we can decide what we want to do. And if the board says yes, we just do it.
2: Hmm. Because we have
1: experienced many, many, many years of coaching and uh, also different countries, both
0: me and Glen. So when you first come over to um, and it's, you're, you're having to, like you said, you, you, you're setting up a whole new youth academy there how do you even begin to do that is there there must be sort of trying to get into uh, the football and culture side of things again on the country do you have to have open trials are you immediately looking for youth academy players from other teams how do you even I, I can't imagine how you begin to start that process I know of course uh, no we we uh, we started
1: with the with the players already being here hmm. And we, we just have players from Tlaxvik, this city. We don't bring players from Tulsa and uh, other cities yet. So we just focus on the players who have been here before.
2: Mm.
1: But we increase the training uh, process with, uh, I think, we, about 35% more trainings this first eight months than they have before and structure everything up. So. And then some some players liked it, and some players drop off, of course. And um, so we focus on the players who 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 want to have a like inside motivation to train hard six to eight times every week.
0: And uh, uh, yeah, you you mentioned yeah. earlier on about something you did this morning. You were doing video analysis, right? Uh, no. Not not today, but usually we have that. Uh, uh,
1: uh, but today it was on 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 the field. We have uh, technical based training, first touch and, and moving to a half from half right to upright
0: position. Oh, that no, be no, 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 I was, I was saying it's interesting because I think a lot of people don't realize that you know in, in a, people look at the Faroe Islands and they go it's a tiny little footballing nation. You know they occasionally get you know, noticed on the international stage because they'll play against a bigger side. Uh, or they'll, you know, one of the teams, like the one you're part of now, will venture further into qualifying in Europe or something. But you wouldn't. People assume that they don't have or don't do the same type of training as they do in other countries. And one of those that come across is that more technical aspect, like rewatching video of games, etc. You know, you you just assume, ah, oh, that it's basically like Sunday league in England. You know, that they, right. they turn they turn up to gate they turn up to training. Once a day for a week, and then they play a football match. You know, you, you, you don't people assume that there isn't as the professionalism there, but from the sound of things, it very much is.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the most of the teams here are serious teams in the in the in the top leagues. Uh, they have everything. Uh, video. They had fitness gym. periodization of training. Uh, I think that the one thing they they miss because some of the players work during daytime, so they have. They don't have the morning trainings, morning sessions. They have they train like five o'clock in the afternoons, uh, stuff like that, because they have to work. Uh, mm. That's I think the main reason that uh, that people think that it's not so professional. But it's yeah. not so easy. It's it's uh, a special style of football. If you're talking of, about uh, about the first team, of course, and uh, it's. Uh, can be quite good quality of the games in the top league and also in the, in the, in the junior and under 17 teams and stuff like that. So, but we, I we think we are the first uh, to have this academy in, in Faroe Islands, Koi League, so we, we're brand new and starting with morning trainings for everybody. And uh, we have strength programs, video analysis, just individual or, or also, so we work quite modern, I think.
0: So overall, then, because we've spoken about the the team you're part of, and it's specifically, but what is football like in the Faroe Islands as a whole? How is it viewed by the people that you know live there? Because, like you said, you've gone from Sweden, where there's 10 million people, to the Faroe Islands, where it's about 60,000, right? And it's, I've it, you, you know, I've got a map there of all the you know the, the different teams in in the country, and it's have so many teams for so a population of people you know is it are they are they more football crazy is it more ingrained into them or is it just like a very happy, you know big pastime
1: oh, yeah 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 uh, if you I think everybody knows about football Do, not know but they are interested uh,
2: hmm.
1: I think uh, so uh, if there are like sixty thousand inhabitants and, that, and everybody goes to football, or training football, or have a cousin play football. It's it's football and handball and a little bit of volleyball, of course,
0: uh, also in indoor halls. But uh, it's football, football, football. And I guess it's like you must be. Is it almost overwhelming because you you go from one place to another and then like you said you you could be working 60 odd hours a week in football do do you ever get sort of tired of it or is it just that's that's what you want to be a part of all the time of course you uh, you get
1: tired of course Uh, but then you can have a Monday off and then you need to take care of your body as a player eat well sleep get some physical work otherwise you it's quite st- stressful to being a coach today so you need to treat your body like quite quite good if if you want to have a long-term development as a coach i think and mm. it's not just here i think it's overall you need to
0: to to treat the the free days very good one thing you mentioned before is you're in a unique position where when you're coaching under 17s and part of the second team you mentioned you you move players up from one team to another or you can move back down. One thing you will have a very unique position in is that you will have players who will get, I imagine, taken out of your second team or under-17s to go and join the first team. Now, you have your own specific goals as a coach of the second team and the under-17s. Now, do, your, do you sometimes ever find yourself a bit like, I, know, I imagine, I don't know how this, the system works, you might be able to enlighten me a bit more, but do you ever have the, the first team coach come up to you and like, oh, we want to bring this player up to the first team for this week? And you're like, oh, well, we've got a big game this week and he's one of our better players. Do, is it ever a hard conversation or are you just, if they want a the player, they get that player that weekend? Yeah, of course.
1: And I don't think this is, I think it's like that in most of the professional clubs that, mm. that uh, the first team is the most important uh, then uh, but of course we, we have discussion uh, about the players uh, uh, like tomorrow we have uh, under 17 games on the evening with, and two of the players has contract with the first team
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, this morning me and the head coach uh, discuss about if they play yes, if they two should train with me today or train with, with the first team. And uh, we decided that they should train with the first team and normal training because developing. So tomorrow they will be a little bit sore, of course, it's not optimal, but it's developing to handle a game when you are a little bit sore in your legs, for example. So it's Mm. always
2: discussion,
1: giving and taking and stuff like that. But... We always try to have uh, the players' development in, in the first uh, hand, if you, can. you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, of yeah. course. It's, it's like, and like you mentioned the other day, you won, um, you won the Under 17s Cup with your, your team. Yes. Which, which, I, which I mentioned was, was very uh, very high You Was that your first sort of piece of silverware in the country? Uh, no, actually not.
1: My first away game with the second team was during the the Faroe Islands uh, holiday, uh, national days in July. And we had a game uh, and the winner, winners of that game get uh, like a big uh, medal. Mm-hmm. And, and we won that game. And uh, so that was my first.
0: So, and this was my second now uh, actually, yeah. <laughs> It it must be one of the the thing side of coaching that I guess is the ultimate goal is you want to win stuff, right? And it's the yeah, and so it must be very rewarding for you when you you've moved to a country and you've lived there for eight months and you're having to adapt to a whole new sort of society and culture, and then you eventually win something. Is it is that the sort of those are moments? Even if it's you know people say it's only under seventeens, but are they the sort of things that like will push you on to keep going in those places? Yeah, of course,
1: and and the cup here is much more bigger if I compare it to my home country Sweden. Uh, here is was crowded on the on the on stadium, and uh, it was in television. It was so it was the cup here, the youth cups, is very big, uh, mm. more bigger than in Sweden. There you play the games is more is more than normal league, but here I think the cup is more important for the for the kids. Uh, Mm-hmm. So, but of course they are 17 years old uh, and they train very, very hard and if you don't want to win you you can't take that last step and that's also a thing we need to learn them and talk with them communicate uh, to be a good winner of course you, you need to sacrifice a lot if you want to be best and uh, that's one thing so of course win, 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 win but also how and uh, in what
0: terms. Another thing that that interests me is that obviously, again, you've moved from Sweden to the Faroe Islands and the Faroe Islands is very literally a collection of islands. So when you are traveling to away games and it's not very big, it takes, from my understanding, it takes about, if you wanted to go from the very bottom to the top of it, you can take about two hours. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. So it's, do you find, is it a very unique experience going on on a way day as a as a football coach in the Faroe Islands, where you have to travel? I know by fer- by ferry or through the tunnels, and it's it, it mm-hmm. just fascinates me that you know traveling around there on a very you know, constant basis. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: uh... yeah, yeah. You have tunnels, and then you have the most uh, southern island. You have a two hours ferry from from the capital city, town. So, but uh... Normally it's about forty-five, one hour, and then you can
0: come up to two, three hours. Do you ever have any issues with, this, with like weather in the Faroe Islands? Football Sorry. Games. Do you ever do you ever have any issues of weather in the Faroe Islands for uh, oh, football yeah. games?
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, yesterday
1: evening we had a training with like uh, small goals, four small goals on the pitch, and they started to just. Blowing away 100 meters from one side to another side. So, and this morning it was uh, raining and the cones just flowing, fly away. But now, if I watch out now, it's sunny. The, head, the sky is clear blue. So it's very up and down here. So, of course, it's uh, also a challenge.
2: Uh, okay,
1: I'm not, I'm from Sweden. So we have also. Quite not similar, but we also have rainy days, and you in UK also. But it's more shifting here.
0: So, one one of the things I'm wondering is, as a as a coach yourself, and when you have your perspective on how you want to coach, how you want to train a team, etc., you are in a weird position of again under 17 second team. Now, I imagine there'll be quite a few senior players within that second team who will respond differently to your style of coaching than the under-17s lads will, because a lot of them will be just starting out their sort of footballing careers
2: mm-hmm. in a lot of ways.
0: So you, so you must have, day-to-day, a very different approach to each team. You know, you have to switch mentality yeah. for each one. Is, is that hard to do, or do you have you uh, done that well? Yeah, I, of
1: course, it's more harder than to have a team every day. You meet them 20, 40 hours every week. Uh, Of of course, uh, I need to adapt more. And of course, it takes also more energy from me as a coach, Uh, uh, of course. Uh, So uh, you need to have that balance. Again, balance, balance. I always come back to that. But for example, in, in the second team, I have maybe seven players substitutes from the first team maybe a little bit disappointed that they don't get playing time because they were big stars before and whatever and then I have some young kids happy to just be there and to get that together and don't talk to them out much about tactics to have that balance uh, what like um, structure we should use what game model today because we have these players and not that so yeah of course it's 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 quite hard but um,
0: it's de- developing for me as a coach, also. I think. Uh, do, you, do you also find, because you mentioned that a lot of the players have uh, their own working lives outside of football as well, do, does that ever clash with their sort of the training and stuff, or are you very accepting of that when it does? No, I, no, uh, I'm not. I cannot think about
1: one training that now. Uh, they always meet up, and they are very eager to learn, and uh, they. They work really hard at the pitch and coming from the, the work direct and just dig into the training and they're wonderful to work with, uh, I, much, uh, I must say. Uh,
0: what do you look for as a coach then? You know, being a, as an under-17s coach, you, you must be sort of looking towards players and being like, right, the there's someone there I think could eventually make it into the first team and become a regular fixture there. You know, the, what yeah. sort of attributes do you look for as a, as a coach specifically? Uh,
1: mentality, winning mentality. Uh, mo, mo, more, Of course, they need to have a ground of technical, the technical level, the decision making level, but. It's more it's hard to, um, to, to explain, but more about the mentality, how they react when they have two bad passing in a row. Hmm. Do they focus on next football action or do they stay in the mistake? And if I talk to them and give them advice that don't care about that, think next fo- football action. Football action. Take, do they adapt to that quick or do they come back next training to the same mistake so it's that kind of things is, is very interesting because you can always learn uh, small details in tactical movements how if we press high stay low first touch uh, but uh, and of course today football is very fast so you, you need to have speed explosive the first 5-10 meters is very very uh, if you don't have that, you need to have a very big, like a uh, good leadership or being a good on set pieces. Or So, to be uh, speedy the first five, 10 meters, you know, if, if you're a center back or a striker or central midfielder, that's, you need to be have speed first five, 10 meters, both with and without the ball. I think.
0: Hmm. I want to talk a little bit as well about this season. In a, in classic. And the, as we mentioned, you you won the under seventeens cup with the, the under seventeen side. And you also mentioned to me that the massive turnaround there's been in the second team in their league, because obviously you're playing in the second tier there. And mm-hmm. I, I'm writing so you you can't be promoted from that tier, could you, if if you ever finish at the top. But you are now you said you in seven games you had like five wins, a draw, one loss since you've come in. Is that right? Yeah, f- uh, the first five we had, uh, yeah, five
1: wins, one lose, and one draw. Yeah. Then we play this weekend, and we uh, ha-
0: having a-, a draw, zero zero at the mm. yeah So yeah. So is that when you came in originally? What was the what's the goals of that? Because like I said, you can't be promoted from that league. Is Nine. it is, is is it more concentrated on player development? Because you are playing against teams in that league who are looking to get promoted. You know, it is their first team. You know, it's quite a weird you know, phenomenon that you've got there. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, no, it. They were uh, in the very bottom. Only I think they took uh, had twelve points of fifteen games, and uh, the club don't want to get relegated. That that mm-hmm. was number one. Uh, so we need. I need to find a way to win some games to get the trust again. The players and get them to work hard, so um, uh, but we can't go down to the uh, th- uh, third league, for example.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, it love saying they the goal is to stay now.
0: Uh, and, and what about the different 17s? Because I've not looked myself, but I assume they're also part of their own individual league there. Pardon. And you're on the seventeen side. They must yeah. be part of their own league as well. are yeah, you yeah. doing? Are you doing well in that one? Yeah, we are. I think we
1: have three games to go, and we are. Well, I think we're two or three teams fighting off the first position. So uh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So it's been a very successful season for you then. Overall. Yes. And I and I imagine so as well as a club because you, you know you've got that first team who are storming away with the, yeah, the, yeah. the first division, you know, by miles. It's do you, Is that something that you have to try and... Is it hard to live up to that? Because obviously there's so much attraction around the fact that they're one of the only teams in all of Europe, never mind in the Faroe Islands, who are looking like they could go the whole season unbeaten, yeah. which is pretty amazing. Is it Does that feed down into the the lower league teams or the your teams? I don't think so. I think it's the opposite. Everybody... Uh want
1: to i think it's no no i think the opposite i think it gives us energy instead
2: hmm.
1: and uh, if i talk to myself i i work very close to the to the first team coach the the manager and the, and the place in the first team because they're coming up and down and we split offices and dressing rooms and stuff like that so it's it's quite a family or family feeling of of all, which um, just give us other coaches and teams and the players energy.
0: Because it, I always thought it's, you know, you go in there and you've been tasked with doing your own, you know, giving your own sort of goals and what you have to achieve for the season. Then you look to the first team who are doing so incredibly well. Do you you try and, um, I guess, passing players from one team to another, do they try and bring down that success with them? Or are you trying to, are you trying to be much more of a separate entity and like, look, we're a different team to this one and you know, we, we've got to play as a different team. And if you go up to the, the first side, you you adapt to play in that way as well. Is it is it very different, in the styles of play between you and the, the first team coach? No, oh, I think we um, we play the same uh,
1: system regarding to how we position the, the ground position. Uh, and then, of course, we have... Uh, different small like set pieces and stuff like that how we defend Mm. set pieces I have my own style and uh, but uh, overall we 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 want to see the same build up how we uh, stretch in in the offensive part and stuff like that so the game model is quite similar and Mm. that was one of the important things when I took over the second team that we need to come closer to each other i think
2: mm. uh,
1: i think uh, we have done a quite good work there uh, because it, it's quite similar to to each other now so the players coming up and down from the substitutes they need to to feel that when they are in the second team if they choose to be disappointed and don't be professional okay then you're coming even more out from 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 the first team so hmm. they need to show something. They don't need to be best but they need to show that they want to take the place back in the first team hmm. and then we have the younger lads. They also need to they want to come up of course also so I think it's it's a, a good environment right now and that's also we can see that during the table and the points we're taking the first team and the second team and on the 7th team
0: how do you, as a coach of sort of development squads, how do you plan for the future? When ultimately your your aim is to try and get those players to be in the in the top team, isn't it? I I would imagine you know you, you want to develop those players to a point where they're playing for the first team. So how do you hmm. how do you plan for sort of a successful future, knowing that a lot of the players will move on? Uh... We
1: have now started uh, with some uh, individual uh, education plans for the players. So they will like own their own uh, development. They will hmm. find some gaps in their uh, like technical or shooting or reading the game decision-making. And then we will work extra with that. That's one thing that we work with. And uh, then uh, you always need to see... How will football be in three years? Hmm. Should it be faster? Or, so try to talk and train with the, with the under-17 team, for example. How should football be in three years?
0: And making them ready for that. It, it, it's a lot of it, I guess, um, trying to get your style of coaching and uh, your techniques embedded into the team? Because one of the things is you'll have new players who come in from the under-17s or get brought into another squad. Is it, is it about those days where you're I know, not, not as available for one team as the other, that you know that they will be uh, doing your style of play? Like you said, you, you want them to be self-coaching in a way. Is it sort of you're trying to embed that into the, the teams now? Yeah, of course. Uh, I can't... They need to uh,
1: coach themselves, that's one of my goals when I coach the players in, in youth sites. If that was your question...
2: Mm.
1: About, yeah, uh, Because I can't... If we uh, have a game plan that we should do that, but then the opponents do another thing, so we need to adapt. I can't scream everything to the players. They need to feel and read the game. Uh, mm. and then we have eight minutes, more or less, in the halftime. So, of course, decision-making have the power that I t- tell them that take own decisions, but it mean, need to be in our model. Otherwise, I take you out. Mm. Uh, if you don't listen to the tactical, if you don't work for the team, I will change.
2: Do, do, you ever,
0: do you ever get um, angry as a coach? Yeah, of course. Of course. Is it, I, I can imagine it's, it's quite hard to so sometimes you think working with kids it's all about having to be sort of very, very nice, very calm and you have to try and help them but sometimes you have to give them a little bit of the yeah, pressure of sometimes. I mean, they are 17 years old now uh, hmm. so and the next step is to be
1: a professional football player. Uh, yeah. So, of course uh, uh, but you can't be, I think also in the leadership uh, and being a teacher also I, I am a teacher in PE and uh, Bachelor in Education Science uh, from a university. So I'm that, that's my like football coaching, but I also work in school as a teacher. Uh, and I think if you scream every day or every game, then the screaming be like natural. They just don't, oh, what was this? So you need to balance that. So when you say something hard, it makes sense. If you scream mm. every day, sooner or later they just be become normal, mm. and then you don't get the effect effect that that you want when you get angry, for example. So, um,
0: what are your personal uh, goals and aims as a coach? Because you must have, you know, you you have this job where you have to help a players achieve their goals, but you must have a, a personal ambition that you want to strive to as a coach.
1: Now I'm turning 42 here in, in, in uh, November. Uh, before, like five, six years ago, I was always I, I need to be a first team coach. I need to be somewhere in first team. I need to be top league. But now it's, I want to work with good people. I want to work full time with football. And also exploring things outside football. Hmm. like when I lived in Vilnius a beautiful city, big now in Faroe Islands also beautiful uh, nature of course hmm. and stuff like that but I just want to work, work full time with football and uh, the most important is that the club is structured, I work with good uh, good coaches in, 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 in the club and players who want something
2: uh, and then
1: if I'm hmm. if in an interesting place that's very good. Uh, so you can do so many things in football today. You can be sporting director, youth, blah, blah, blah. You can be physical coach. You can be individual coach. Many teams work with that. Uh, I also try that little, little bit to work as an individual coach. Uh, so I'm not so interested to be like, I need to be a first team coach, a manager.
2: Um,
1: hmm. I can I cross that bar now. I, yeah. I, I want to work with football, of course. I handle to be, I I can be a manager, I can be a head coach, but assistant coach also, individual coach is also very interesting. It's more about where is the club.
0: Yeah. One last thing I was gonna ask as well because you've been, you must be a football fan as well. Do, do you have a team back home that you still follow?
1: Not so much. Uh,
0: I'm more of taking
1: pieces from different coaches. Hmm. Uh, so I don't have a like, this is my team. Hmm. I don't have that. Not
0: in uh, Sweden, not in Premier League and stuff like that. No. So you, you must be, you must like sort of, you know, I guess you support the team that you're a part of, at the time, right? Sorry? So you, you support the team that you're part of? Now? In, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah co is
1: they hire me as a specialist or a coach. Of course, I that that's my team now.
2: Hmm. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. So I assume you must. Uh, do you think they're going to finish the season unbeaten then? Because I know the they're, they're yeah, very yeah, the they're, yeah. they're very, very last game of the season is the Vikinger, and you know the second team in the league. You got no issues there. I think they will.
1: Uh, I think they will uh, just go 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 go. I think so, yeah. That, that's my feeling when I see them close in trainings and, and stuff like that.
0: Are, are, they, are they one of the better teams? Cause I, I'm, again, it's hard to um, compare teams, I imagine, from different countries, but are they one of the better sides that you've seen? Uh, the, you know, the, the first team from one of the ones that you've been a part of almost, or is it just that they are far and away the best within the country? Of course, I have. I think they are. They could doing good in
1: like a bigger country. Uh, I think, but it's always hard to uh, to measure that uh, best team. Or, but I think I've seen better teams, of course,
2: uh,
1: mm. of course. But
0: uh, they are good. But I don't know. He's saying that there's still room for improvement despite being unbeaten.
1: <laughs> yeah, of
0: course. Sometimes, uh, and I always,
1: or I sometimes also talk talk to the manager uh, Mitchell, and he, of course, it's rooms for improvement. And I think hmm. they played in a, another league. Uh, they should not have like twelve points. Uh, it's here in Faroe Islands. I think it's because uh, they're in a very Professional level. I think maybe three, four, five teams have that professional level, but then you have teams in the very bottom that don't have that
0: professional level. Hmm. Is it hard then? I know when you take your teams to those sort of grounds, is it hard to sometimes not avoid your players dropping to that level? Because one of the things that I've seen in sport is that you have a very, very good team. And then if they go to uh, go and play an opponent who really you know don't have that same sort of infrastructure is it do you is it hard to keep them working as well as they usually do
1: yeah of course because they are humans and humans are lazy uh, they don't do more than they need mm. and that's uh, that's so in the whole world so of course, you need to plan, you need to discuss, you need to train for that and get them ready uh, for the lower teams. Uh, mm. I, I, if you go out and every player play on 98% and then you have 11 players, then you maybe are on the same level that that team. So you need always to find your, your best. That's the tricky part in football and that's uh, also an interesting part, of course.
0: And uh, last of all, I guess you, you, you a uh, in Faroe, Faroese football. It's coming to the end of the seasons now. And I imagine it's the same for all the levels. And um, is the running looking good for yourself? Is, is it all, you know, is it all very happy camp with the way that the team's performing at the moment?
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, everything is fine. Train fine and... Uh, games three four games each teams I think we have three or four games under 17 and uh, second team also have four games uh, playing tomorrow with under 17 and Saturday with the second team then we have a national break national team break so uh, then we're going on again are you, are you looking forward to that break yeah, a little bit because uh, then I can go back to Sweden for a couple of, uh, for a week and four or five days and uh, chill out a little bit and uh, collect energy with my family. Mm. Uh, so um, yeah,
0: I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, a, it's been a pleasure to speak to you and to learn about what your sort of life has been like over there in the Faroe Islands and seeing how well they're doing and how successful you've been it's a pleasure to sort of learn about that you know and those different cultures it's Mm -hmm. so thank you very much for agreeing to be a part of it yeah yeah thank you for having me thank you absolutely no worries it's always a pleasure to hear the the different sides of sport especially in a country that I think is as unique as the Faroe Islands you know I Mm -hmm. will one day get myself to that country when COVID allows me to And uh, I will definitely be getting to watch some of the games. So, of course, you are warmly welcome. (laughs) No, thank you very much. And I'll uh, speak to you again uh, soon, hopefully. I uh, I'll I'll put this out within the next day, I think. All right. Yeah, perfect. No, thank you very much and uh, have a good day to yourself. The same to you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye.